Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, the Supreme Court overruled Roe v. Wade and there are serious concerns for the LGBTQ community. Kentucky's 2022 Teacher of the Year, a gay man, has resigned his position. Spain has introduced new pro-LGBTQ legislation, while Turkey police violently attacked Istanbul's Pride event. And marriage equality finally comes to Switzerland. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. In a 6-3 vote, the U.S. Supreme Court has overturned its own historic Roe v. Wade ruling, which made abortions legal in the U.S. The decision eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion after almost 50 years will lead to an all-but-total ban on the procedure in about half of the states. The reversal of Roe also spells doom for the LGBTQ community in several ways. For example, it will prevent lesbians bisexual women, some non-binary people, and some transgender men from having a choice protected by the government. It's important to note that we got here in great part thanks to Donald Trump, who promised to name justices who would overrule Roe. All three of his appointees were in the majority in the 6-3 ruling. The three liberal justices all dissented. Upon the announcement of the ruling, Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, pointed out that two of those justices, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, testified under oath in their confirmation hearings they believed Roe to be settled law. Through an LGBTQ lens, it's worth noting that the overturning of Roe removes the shield that has stood in front of marriage equality for the last seven years. Demolishing Roe was the number one priority for the Christian right and other conservatives. With that accomplished, their aim can now be pointed at marriage equality, which is next on their hit list. Justice Clarence Thomas wrote in his concurring opinion, In future cases, we should reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, which protected the right of marital privacy and contraception, Lawrence, which struck down anti-sodomy laws, and Obergefell, which made same-sex marriage legal across the United States. This comes as this year's annual Accelerating Acceptance Study from GLAAD shows a sharp increase in the number of LGBTQ Americans reporting they've experienced discrimination. 70%, 7-0, of respondents in this year's study say they've experienced discrimination due to their sexual orientation or gender identity. That's up from 59% in 2021 and only 46% in 2020. More Gen Z Americans are out as LGBTQ than any other generation, 20.8% according to Gallup. Yet 56% of Gen Z people surveyed by GLAAD said they are more fearful for their personal safety in 2022 
than in the prior two years. The study further indicated that respondents want nationwide protections against discrimination in the form of the Equality Act, which is supported by President Joe Biden and has been passed by the U.S. House, but continues to be stalled in the Senate. Willie Carver Jr. was selected as Kentucky's Teacher of the Year for 2022, but he announced last week he is resigning from his position teaching high school and college-level French and English at Montgomery County High School in Mount Sterling and leaving the profession due to the increasing hostility to LGBTQ teachers and students. Speaking to The Advocate, Carver said the new anti-LGBTQ rhetoric is complicated. It's a dangerous game of policy and culture, and it clearly craves sacrifice. He says it's the most vulnerable students who are most at risk and left out. He told The Advocate, we have to create and maintain space for people who are in ways different to the norm, especially our kids, who are vulnerable. Our country allows and respects hatred at the moment as a valid political identity, and this has serious consequences. According to Carver, who has taught for 12 years, the decision to resign has been heartbreaking, but one that has been under consideration for some time. Earlier this year, he aired his feelings on the state of education for LGBTQ folks in an opinion piece that ran in Education Week. He noted how the hostility towards the LGBTQ community in general, as well as towards queer educators, really increased around the time former President Donald Trump assumed office. He wrote, I feel unsafe to return to the classroom. Although he explained that his identity as a human being he sees as a teacher. But recent events changed the nature of his position and caused him to question his choice of profession. Accusations made online by adult members of the community that he was a groomer that then went unchallenged by school administrators were the final event that drove his decision. In his article, he wrote, I'm increasingly thinking, why am I in the classroom? Because I think it will change things. I think it will be a force for good. But what is the effect? If I am every few weeks having to stop and undergo some sort of investigation over what's happening in my class, I'm not going to be mentally able to do this work. And then what are my students seeing? A stressed out, unhappy LGBTQ adult. I don't think that's what they need to see, end quote. Carver's already lined up his next gig, an administration position at the University of Kentucky, where he says there's a major emphasis on student support, diversity, and inclusion. He calls it a tremendous university. The departure hasn't been easy, though, and one of his main concerns now is for the rural LGBTQ students who are left without a role model or a voice for the community within their school. Speaking to The Advocate, he said, I would tell those kids that they are 100% without question worthy of love and will find a place in life to shine and succeed, to create a beautiful image in their heads and to hold on to it. It will come true. And above all, connect, even if online, to people like them who will remind them that they are good enough exactly as they are. Good luck in your next chapter, Willie Carver, Jr.
Earlier this week, Spain's cabinet approved a new draft of an LGBTQ rights bill that, if backed by Parliament, will allow people as young as 16 to change their gender freely, and those as young as 12 to do so with the judge's authorization. If the bill is approved as lawmakers have drafted, all Spanish nationals above 16 years of age will be able to change their gender and name by simply stating their desire to do so twice within a period of four months. Previously, applicants needed a diagnosis by several doctors of gender dysphoria, which is the psychological condition of feeling a mismatch between one's biological sex and gender identity. Teenagers between 14 and 16 will be able to apply for these changes with parental permission or by going to a judge if there's a disagreement among them. A court's involvement is mandatory in applications for those between 12 and 14. And children under 12 are only allowed to register a new name, but not switch their gender. One change to the original draft is the inclusion of the right for non-Spaniards residing in Spain to change their name and gender in documents issued by Spanish authorities if their rights are not guaranteed in their home countries. Madrid's Pride Week, one of the biggest LGBTQ celebrations in Europe, was celebrated this past weekend. And speaking of pride, Istanbul's LGBTQ pride organizers say more than 360 people were detained by police on Sunday following a ban on all pride events. Chaos GL, a leading LGBTQ rights association, said all the detained were being freed Monday after giving their police statement and undergoing health checks. District governors in two popular Istanbul districts outlawed all LGBTQ events last week, saying the ban would ensure safety, peace, and prevent crime. The march was officially banned earlier in the week under Turkey's law on demonstrations and public meetings. The Istanbul LGBTQ Pride Week committee called that decision illegal, saying they would use our rights to make the necessary objections. Numerous streets and subway stations were closed off by police Sunday to stop protesters from gathering. Riot police then began entering bars and other local venues, according to witnesses arresting people at random. In shocking video that found its way to the internet, police in riot gear rounded up, beat, and detained marchers throughout the city's streets. Amnesty Turkey said the ban was extremely harsh and arbitrary. Milena Buyum, the group's director in Turkey, tweeted that the detained individuals were deprived of their liberty simply because they were exercising their rights to freedom of expression and assembly. Turkish authorities allowed pride marches to take place for more than a decade, starting in 2003. Up to 100,000 people attended Istanbul Pride in 2014, but in 2015, Police dispersed crowds using tear gas and water cannons after a last-minute ban. The march has been banned ever since, and top Turkish officials have called LGBTQ people perverts who aim to hurt traditional family values. However, the news was much more uplifting as Ukraine's Kyiv Pride teamed up with Poland's Warsaw Pride to march for peace. 
thousands of people took to the streets of Warsaw last Saturday in a joint march uniting Ukraine's Kiev pride with Poland's Warsaw pride. The innovative cooperative event between the two Eastern European capitals called for an end to war and solidarity with LGBTQ Ukrainians. Lenny Imsen, Kiev pride's executive director, told NBC News it was wonderful and beautiful, a very exciting presence. Organizers had predicted some 120,000 participants in all, and Imsum said the Ukrainian contingent alone more than doubled its expected 200 marchers as over 500 Ukrainians marched in the event. This year marks the 10th anniversary of Kyiv's first Equality March, the largest LGBTQ rights event in Ukraine, but the Russian invasion and ongoing war rendered marching in the Ukrainian capital impossible. Imsen said he believes Warsaw's Equality Parade, the largest annual Pride March in Central Europe, may mark the first time a Pride Parade marched not just for LGBTQ rights, but for broader human rights. He said, we are marching for basic human rights for all people because right now, Russia is taking them from us. The right to life, the right to freedom, the right to security, the right to peace. Though members of the Ukrainian military, actually all men between the ages of 18 and 60, were precluded by law from leaving the country to be at the march in Poland, Kyiv organizers were able to bring in 25 activists from LGBTQ organizations across Ukraine. Ukrainian refugees living in Poland and neighboring countries were also warmly invited to take part in the Warsaw March. In Mexico City, hundreds of same-sex couples were married during the first Pride celebration since the pandemic forced the city's annual mass ceremony to be postponed two years ago due to health concerns. The Associated Press reports that a band played traditional tunes like Mendelssohn's Wedding March as couples exchanged their vows. The city's government hosted the large-scale wedding ceremony in its civil registry plaza as part of its annual Pride Month celebrations. Around 100 same-sex couples traveled hundreds of miles to attend the event. Since 2010, 26 of the 32 states in the country have legalized same-sex marriage. Mexico is one of three Latin American countries with the highest number of same-sex marriages, along with Brazil, and Argentina. The Mexican Supreme Court has twice ruled in favor of marriage equality. However, many couples live in areas of the country that are less supportive of their identities, similar to places in the United States. Maya Villalobos and Dayani Marcelo live in Guerrero, one of the Mexican states that does not recognize marriage equality. The couple traveled nearly 250 miles to attend the mass wedding. When Villalobos saw rainbow flags fluttering from many public buildings in the capital and small ones outside businesses, she couldn't help but compare it to her native state and her current residence in Guerrero. She told the Associated Press, In the same country, the people are very open, and in another place, the people are very closed-minded, with messages of hate towards the community. Although Marcelo plans to use her marriage certificate to get Villalobos's health insurance through her employer, neither couple really expects significant changes in their day-to-day -day lives. Nevertheless, 
they realized the value of having a legal document tying them together. Said Marcelo, With a marriage certificate, it is easier. If something happens to me or something happens to her, we'll have proof that we're together. And in related news, marriage equality has finally come to Switzerland as of July 1st. Voters approved the Marriage for All initiative by nearly two-thirds majority last September, making Switzerland one of the last countries in Western Europe to legalize same-sex marriage. Same-sex couples won the right to enter civil partnerships in 2007 and the right to adopt children parented by their partner in 2018. But they lacked rights granted married heterosexual couples, including access to regular adoption and sperm donations, as well as an easier path to citizenship for foreign spouses. Same-sex partners now have those options through marriage. And one more step forward, in June, the council presiding over the Christian Catholic Church of Switzerland voted to bless the marriages of same-sex couples with the same sacraments and rituals as heterosexual weddings. Happy dance all around. The adoptive owners of a North Carolina dog said there's a lesson to be learned from his adoption. Love more and hate less. Steve Nichols and John Wynn made national headlines after adopting Oscar, who was surrendered to an animal hospital in Stanley County, North Carolina, by his previous owners who claimed the dog was gay after seeing him hump another dog. Now, the American Kennel Club said that the behavior often occurs when a dog wants to play, is overstressed, or wants to establish dominance, saying it's not always a sexual behavior. Oscar's story went viral, leading Nichols and Wynn to adopt. Nichols told the local press, quote, First, we thought we would just give some money or maybe even foster the dog. But then John, in his infinite wisdom, said, Why foster? We're going to fall in love with him anyway. Let's just go ahead and adopt, and it's what we did. Nichols added, It just seemed to make sense. If he's a gay dog, why not be adopted by a happy gay couple? And we gave him a home, and he can be gay or he can be straight, and we don't care. We still love him. Now settled into his new home, Oscar is in good health and starting to be more comfortable with playtime and other dog activities. But when he was first adopted, Nichols and Wynn said it was a little bit of a tough road. Oscar had not been neutered, had a tumor near the site, and needed life-threatening heartworm treatment. Donors and local charities helped cover the treatments, which cost thousands of dollars. Nichols shared... The phone was ringing constantly, and everybody wanted pictures of Oscar the gay dog being playful, and I had to explain to them, he's very sick, he's not playful right now. Also, we've learned he doesn't really know how to play. I don't think he had that sort of upbringing, so we're trying to teach him to play a little bit, and he's doing really well. As they reflect on Oscar's journey to their Union County home, Wynn and Nichols said they saw a lot of Oscar's tribulations reflected in their own. Together, now 33 years and married since 2015, Wynn and Nichols said they have been learning how to love and be happy in the face of prejudice for decades. Nichols said he hopes people will continue to read, share, and connect with Oscar's story and donate to their local animal shelters. He also said, if you're willing and able, adopt rescue pets and give them good homes. He added that if you want to keep up with Oscar's story, you can follow his journey at... 
oscarthegaydog.com. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time. 